Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, this is a scripture that I ministered on a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night, and uh, when I finished that night, I knew that I'd be coming back to it. It's actually something that I had ministered several weeks before that next door on a Wednesday night. And um, uh, something that just uh, the Lord keeps bringing back to my attention. And actually, after, after last time, I got a hold of Brother Moore. Keith Moore had sent out some teachings, and he's been teaching on the same thing. So I've gotten extra fired up about it. But I um, knew that it was on just something on my heart that the Lord would want us to minister on. Here in Hebrews, uh, the 11th chapter, let me turn there in my Bible. I'm going to start in the uh, fifth verse. Hebrews chapter 11 it says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because he, uh, what's it? and uh, was not found because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And uh, what an awesome thing to know that we can please God. Amen. If someone in the old did it, then we can do it today. Amen. But it says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. And verse six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, we read this out of the Amplified. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently or earnestly and diligently seek him. You know, the, uh, the issue of faith is, is a major issue, and it's something that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, it is absolutely possible to please God. And uh, really, it, it's, it, whether you realize this or not, I'll, I'll stop real fast. If you're visiting with us today, I forgot to mention, if you'll take that card out to the lobby, we have a gift for you, exceedingly growing faith. It'll be a blessing to you, so pick that up at the lobby. Um, but whether you know it or not, all of us, live by faith, live by some type of faith. All of us are living by faith, living by the things that we believe. That's all faith is. You can say it's just what you believe, what is real to you and what you believe. And we all live according to what we believe. And, and so there's obviously there's different kinds of faith that's involved, and we'll look at that in just a second. But faith is a major thing. And without faith in God, it's actually impossible to please him. But with faith, like I said, it is absolutely possible to please God. You know, that should be a liberating thing for us to, 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 to take hold of and, and to be aware of and put our trust in and to strive after is, listen, no matter where you're at, what your situation is, you can be pleasing to God. I don't know about you, but that, that is something that is, brings joy to me and is exciting to me. I'm glad to know that I can please God, that Greg Anderson with my shortcomings and, and with my personality flaws or whatever it is, or just my weird sense of humor, that I can actually be pleasing to God. And so no matter who you are, every person has the potential to please God. Every person has the potential, no matter their background or where they come from, has the potential and the power, the, the opportunity and the ability to be pleasing to God with their life. It is not a pipe dream. It's not something that's just a, that's an unattainable. You can please God. But it requires faith, the God kind of faith. You've got to believe that he is, and you have to believe that he's a rewarder. Knowing that God is is a foundation. If somebody doesn't know that God is, doesn't believe that God is there, they need to work on that in the beginning, right? And, you know, and, and I'll tell you this, that's part of our assignment as believers 
is to demonstrate and display the proof of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that we have our heaven, we have a heavenly father, right? Our lives, right? Our lives should be a billboard of proof to the world, to those that maybe who don't believe in God, that there is a God and he exists, amen? And it should also be an example of the fact that if you'll seek him, if you will go after him, he will respond and reward you. I tell you what, God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. Listen, this morning, no matter what's going on in your life, if you believe he is, also know that he's a rewarder. What does it mean? One translation says that he cares enough to respond. Woo, think about that. He cares enough to respond to you. Amen. That right there will set somebody free. Just the realization of that God loves you enough, he'll respond to you. Doesn't matter what's going on. God loves you enough. He'll respond to you. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. Everybody say he's a rewarder. (laughs) God will reward you. He doesn't just reward ministers or those that we consider to be the most holy. He rewards anybody who believes that he is and that he is a rewarder. You know, our expectation of God is everything. If you see him, however you see him, however, whoever you believe him to be will directly affect how you approach him. Right? That's where renewing ourselves and renewing our mind. What does it mean? Training ourselves to think in line with God's thoughts are so important because if you don't think right, it'll affect how you believe and and then how you approach Him. Listen, God will reward you. Just see Him right. Believe who He is. Amen? But it says that without faith, it's impossible to please. You must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so one of the things that, like I said, that, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that the Lord's been dealing with me about, not just for my life, but I believe for us as well, is the, the realization that believing in faith is important, but there's more than just faith that's necessary. There's also something that goes along with what you believe that's also required. It's called action. It's called action. I'll say this just as a, as a footnote. You can always tell what somebody really believes by what they do. In your own life, let's, let's, let's examine our own lives. You can really tell where, if you wonder, well, am I, do I have faith in this area? Am I tr- let's say it this way. Am I really trusting God in this area? Sometimes we use the word faith. Maybe people, people get confused. Is my trust really in the Lord? You'll know whether or not your trust is really in him in an area. You'll know it by what you're doing with it. Right? And I know in my life, that's the case. Areas where my trust is in him. You know, trust is, is, is you, are, you are putting your confidence in something, right? You are relying on something. Right now, everybody is trusting in that seat, right? We're trusting in the seat. You're trusting in that seat this morning. Now, have you ever been somewhere and you saw a seat that maybe didn't look real trustworthy, Right? And you go to sit down, and because your trust isn't fully in it, you don't really want to sit on it, right? I mean, I've been places before, you know, and you're, you know, I've made things out camping, and I made a seat, and I'm a little afraid to sit in this thing because I don't really trust it. Well, you're, I know you trust this seat today because I can see that you're in it, right? Now, Brother Mark back there, he doesn't trust in his seat, so he's sitting back there. He is, anyway, no, he's standing back there. No. He's just stretching his legs back there. No, you know what you believe or where your trust is by the actions that you do, right? And that's true in every area of our life, uh, uh, really what we trust in. You're thinking about driving down the road. You trust that that car will stay in its lane that's coming the opposite direction. You trust that, don't you? If you didn't trust it, there's, the chances are 
you probably wouldn't be on the road, right? We live by faith. You realize we do this all the time. This is not a difficult thing. It's not a difficult concept, but there, the God kind of faith call, calls for us to trust in things that aren't really seen the way that we look at things here on this earth. That causes us to trust at a higher level, amen? Go with me over to uh, James, the first chapter. A couple scriptures here. We, we just want to read James chapter 1. Somebody say, praise the Lord. All right. Just make sure you're still with me today. <laughs> James chapter 1. Praise God. I'm trying to keep an eye on the clock here. I set my timer and I forgot to start it. I put it up here and forgot to start it. So I get an extra 15 minutes. But anyway, no, no, no. We'll have you out on time this morning. James chapter 1. He says, but be doers of the word. This is verse 22 and not hearers only deceiving yourself. You know, I can tell you in my own life, the areas where I've been deceived is because I've deceived myself, right? Or been open to deception. God does not deceive. Amen. He's not a deceiver. He is someone that you can count in what he says. He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that, uh, or whatever has confused the scripture, but, but he is not going to lie to you. He's going to, if he promises, he's going to make it good, right? But it says here, it says that, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his face in a mirror. And when he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. You know, the word of God will, will paint a picture of you that is not what you are used to seeing in and of yourself. How I many you know this morning you are healed today? You are blessed today. You are victorious. Amen. See, we, we, we have a tendency to judge ourselves and our situations based on what we see. That's not the way God works. But you look into this law of liberty here, and it tells you who you really are. But the importance is of being a doer of what you see and not just a hearer only. It, goes, it says that um, for he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and what continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one, everybody say this one, this one will be blessed in what he does. And then you go on down to the second chapter, James chapter 2, verse 14. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Actually, the implication is it doesn't profit anything, right? Can faith save him? Do you know that faith is not enough to save you? You know that faith is not enough to save you. There are a lot of people, I don't know if I said this before, but there are a lot of people I believe today at this moment that are in hell, eternally separated from God, and they believe Jesus was the Son of God. We know they believe it now. <laughs> There's no question they know who he is now, but they believe this. But, you know, as it said of the Pharisees, the teachers, the religious people during Jesus' day, that many believed, but of fear of the Jews, they didn't actually confess him. So they believed, but they didn't confess him. Romans says that if you, what, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So if, if it's just believing alone, then everybody who believes will be born again. But it says real simply that believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. So even in the most basic, most, well, I say basic, the most foundational, but extraordinary part of our walk with God, the new birth, faith is important, but action must be taken on top of that. Faith alone cannot save you. There must be actions, right? It says, uh, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, and, uh, depart in peace be, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Obviously, the answer is nothing. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
Faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We all have faith, but some faith is dead faith, and some faith is living faith. And dead things don't produce. If you have a flashlight and, your bat- and the batteries in a flashlight are dead, it's not able to produce what it needs to. You have the batteries in there. They're just dead batteries, and so they're not able to produce the light that's necessary. They're not, a- they're not able to supply the power that produces light. So our faith, everybody has faith. This is not a religious thing, but it can either be dead faith or live faith. It says here, thus also, verse 17, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. How do you know if you have faith? Well, it's by what you're doing. How do you know if you really believe, rely, and trust in something? It's evident by what you do, Amen. It says, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith with my works or by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So the demons have faith. Think about that. Demons have faith because they believe. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together, uh, that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made per- perfect? Uh, and the scripture was uh, fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see, that a, you, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. And so the issue of, of works and putting action to our beliefs, now obviously uh, we're, not, we're not talking about earning your salvation, but in order to be born again, a person still must take action based on what they believe. You have to believe something and then accept it, confess Jesus as the Lord of your life. So action applied to our faith is such an important thing. Brother Moore and the, the CDs that he just sent out that I was listening to this last week, uh, was talking about this and said, he said that the Lord had begun to deal with him about there are many that are waiting around for God to do something. They, they have some expectations, some things they're looking for, but they've fallen into a trap waiting for God to do something, waiting for God to move. And when it's time, God will move. When it's time, God will answer my prayers and answer my requests. How do you know that that's not the way it works? It's, we're, we're not in this. We are co-laborers together with Christ. I don't know about you, but I am so happy to know that I am, I'm not just serving him. I am actually walking with him. I'm a co-laborer together with him. And so it's not that we just have things that we're asking for or believing for, or we put our trust in him in this area. Maybe it may be a, a, a thing, a need, or maybe a family situation. Could be any number of things. And we're not just sitting around waiting for him to do something. We, we also have to put our actions attached to this. If you get into the trap where you're just waiting for God to respond with no response on your end, you will end up waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Why? Because faith without works or corresponding actions is dead. It's lifeless, unable to produce life. So our actions are everything. Our, our, our works that we, the, that we apply to what we believe are so important. We were talking about, uh, talking about this a couple weeks ago, and, 
And uh, the question begins to come up, well, what action should I take? And I've got a few things I want to talk about this morning. What action should I take? And this is something that, that uh, each person, when you are believing God for something in an area, like it may be a, maybe a thing or a relationship issue or something at work, whatever it is, um, and you realize that action is required. Once you get over that hurdle of, of just uh, expecting God, well, God's in control. He'll take care of it. God's in control, yes, if you put him in control, right? If you allow him to work, give him something to work with, then he will do that. But, but once you get over that hurdle that, that it's all up to God's timing and realize that action is needed, one of the things that always comes up, and I get asked this, well, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Maybe you've had this question before. What should I do? And, you know, it's important what we do. It's not just doing something. It's doing the right thing. Sometimes, uh, I, and I found myself in this position before where I'm just so eager that I just start doing anything that I can think of. How many know that just doing anything you can think of can get you in a mess? Amen, right? Go with me over to uh, Mark, the fifth chapter. Mark chapter five. Praise God. Actually, hold your place and go over to uh, John, the second chapter. John chapter two. What should I do? What should I do? What action should I take? And this is something that every person has got to hear from the Lord for themselves. In John chapter two, in the first verse, it says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Verse 3, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, speaking of Jesus, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? I always laugh at that because I could never get away with that. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My my hour has not yet come. I'm sure he said it's sweet because we know he didn't sin, right? It was woman. Who knows how he said it? But anyway. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, and this is the key, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever, who says? Jesus says to you, do it. See, the question oftentimes gets answered, and, and, and people have asked me this, and, and, you know, well, Pastor Greg, what should I do? And, and there is a hunger to respond, but it's important that your answer not come from men. Your answer comes from God. Now, there are some things that we have in his word that have already been written about situations that, you know, you don't have to pray about or get specific direction. You have them right here. Thank God for the word of God. And I'm telling you what, you ought to be big on the word of God. It ought to be something that you go to often because in it, I tell you, there's a life here for you. And there, there is actions and, and descriptions of how things are put into practice that will be life-changing for you, right? And so a lot of things, there are examples of things to do, but then also there are times where specifics are needed that are not answered in here. There isn't a first Zach 316, right? That is written a book just written to Zach for everything that Zach needs to do with his life. Well, if it's not written there, he's got to go and get, get the instructions in each individual case, each situation. And it comes back to where are you getting it from? You can't get it from man. You can't get it from somebody else. You've got to get it from the Lord. I'd given this example. I have a friend of mine that uh, had gone to a meeting and people were talking about giving away their suits, you know, and, and, uh, and again, God blessed them with more expensive suits, you know, better suits. And so he went to this meeting, gave away all of his suits, all of his shoes. And when it was all said and done, he had no suits or shoes left. And so, uh, uh, he responded by what somebody else had did, but the Lord hadn't specifically told him to do it. 
And so because of that, there wasn't a blessing there for him. There wasn't a reward. But there are times, I'll tell you, where the Lord will tell you to do something like that. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, uh, several years ago, I had gotten a brand new suit. You know, it was the nicest one I'd ever gotten. I was very happy with it. And had gotten, I think I wore it once or twice, you know. And we had a guest minister come through, and the Lord told me to give him your suit. I was like, are you kidding me? Give him our suit. What? And I, and I exactly, I mean, I knew which suit he was talking about. I knew I should give him this particular light gray suit. It was beautiful. I mean, I looked really handsome in it, you know, at least I thought. And so uh, I looked tolerable to y'all. But anyway, to me, I thought I looked good, right? So I, I was all excited about this thing. The Lord told me to give him this suit. So me, trying to be smart, I, I said, well, I'll take all of my suits down to the church and let him go through it and pick out which one he really wants. You've ever been there before? You're trying to help the Lord out? Yeah, that's a good idea, but I've got a better idea. I can, I can, we can make this better. Woo. Really what it was, I didn't want to give away my new one. I was hoping he'd pick one of my other suits. Y'all don't laugh. You've probably done the same thing. So I get down there, you know, and, and after I finally agreed, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do what you ask. I took it down there. Sure enough, he picked the suit that, that he was going to pick. And he, oh, I'll take, didn't even pause for a second. He just, oh, I like this one. Snatched it up. I'm like, oh, praise God. But anyway, uh, but you know what? Obedience is important. But it's important when the Lord tells you to do something to respond. When the Lord instructs you to do something to respond. He told her, he, he, or Mary told the, the servants, she said, whatever he tells you to do, do that. Do that. Of course, you know the rest of the story. They took the water pots and filled them, with, filled them up with water. They were being so exact, they filled them up to the brim. There's something about just somebody who's wanting to, to be so exact in the instructions of the Lord, not, to, not with an attitude to add to it or try to change it like I was trying to do with the suits, but to try to be as accurate as they can be. They, he said fill them up, so they filled them up to the brim. Took him to the, to, the, to the master of the feast, you know, presented it. He t- of course, he tasted it and said, hey, why did you save the best wine to the last? Of course, they knew it was water when they took it to him, but when they tasted it, it was wine. This was the first miracle that was ever performed by Jesus. But Mary had it. She said, whatever he tells you to do, do that. See, what, you've got to get to the place where you are open to, I've said it before, God can only talk to you about what you're open to. He can only talk to you in the area about the things that you're open to hearing from him about. And if you really want the Lord's direction in whatever the area is, you've got to be open to his leading. You've got to be open to it. But get your instructions from the Lord. Now, we have his word, and we do know that if he leads you to do something, it will always line up with his word. And I just want to say that because people do sometimes come up with the leading, and I, how do I know if this is God or not? First of all, does it line up with the word of God? He'll never contradict himself. We know that. He'll never contradict himself. And maybe it doesn't contradict, there's not a specific verse that talks about your situation, but it will line up with the principles in the word of God as well, Right? So you judge all things according to the word. I'll say this. This is why it's such an important thing to maintain a close walk with God. Are you out there? It is so important to maintain. It is, it is a really, I'll say it this way. First of all, it's a privilege to maintain a close walk with the Lord. You, you have the opportunity, no matter who you are, to be in fellowship with Jesus. To be in close, active fellowship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, you have the opportunity to be in a fellowship with, our, with God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. You have the opportunity to be in a relationship with him. Isn't that awesome? In a father-son, father-daughter relationship with God. So it's a privilege. 
But it's also, it's important to maintain it because if you maintain close fellowship with the Lord, it's so much easier to hear direction from the Lord. Right? Have you ever had somebody that you, that you were close to and at some point they moved away and, and you hadn't seen them for a long time and then you bump into them and, and, and they look different and, and maybe they, you don't recognize their voice like you once did? You ever been like that? Yeah, you just don't recognize their voice. I think about people, you know, I, I was just thinking, you know, uh, uh, my grandfather went home to be with the Lord back in 2007. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, you start forgetting certain things. You know, the sound of his voice, because I'm not actively talking to him anymore. Now, I believe if I were to hear him, I'd recognize him, right? I'd recognize him. But the longer you're part, you, you start forgetting these things, and, and, and you, you become less acquainted with it. Why? Because other things enter in. You know, everything is, there are things that are trying to enter in and cause a distraction between you and your walk with God. You realize that, right? There are things that are trying to distract you and to interject themselves between you and your walk with God so that you don't recognize his leading or his voice as, as good as you once did. So maintaining that is a, such an important thing. So you need to maintain your walk with God, but at the same point, don't add to what he tells you to do, Right? I was trying to add to what the Lord told me to do with, the, with, those suit, with that suit. I was trying to add to it. Really, it was because it's something that better suited me. It fit my, suited. It be, it fit my situation better. It fit my own personal desires better. But it wasn't what God told me to do. It's so important to hear from the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Remember going back to Hebrews chapter 11. says that he, you have to believe that he is. If you want to please him, believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right? How do you know what you're supposed to do? Seek God. You may find yourself in a situation where there's been something you've been believing for. Or, or something that you've been looking to the Lord for and, and time is maybe you aware this morning that I need to put some action to that. I need to start moving in a direction there where I'm, I'm displaying my trust in him. That I'm moving out on that. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Go to God about it. He is that you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. He cares enough to respond to those who diligently seek him. Matthew 7 says, you know, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. We live in a society where we want everything right away, right? We have microwaves and fast food and Instagram, right? I mean, Instagram is successful because it takes you about two seconds. Oh, that's what's going on in their life right now. No, it's a picture of what they're doing right now, <laughs> Right? And a lot of times they didn't even reel. A funny story about that, but we'll move on. Uh, we live in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a society where we, we want things right away. Listen, sometimes it requires seeking God. It requires seeking God. It requires seeking God. And the benefit about maintaining a close fellowship or relationship with God is when you come into a season where you need to seek, you're already used to hearing his voice. You're already used to drowning out the voice of distraction that may try to enter in other areas, right? But seek the Lord. What would he have you to do? You know, we, 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 there, there's so many examples in the Bible of, of things that uh, the Lord instructed or has instructed people to do. And, 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 um, but I will say this, and we'll, we'll look at a few here in just a minute, but seeking God is such an important thing. Take whatever time is necessary to hear from God for yourself. 
Take whatever time is necessary to hear from God for yourself. If you believe that he is and he's a rewarder, you will hear from God. Think about that. You, for you, you can know the will of God. You can know the exact steps. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Right? And I will say this too, when you're going to the Lord about, about uh, uh, what steps to take, a lot of times he won't tell you the whole, the 10-year plan. He'll tell you the next step. Right? Do you realize why he doesn't always tell us the 10-year plan? It's because the minute he does, we quit trusting in him. It's trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Listen, if one word from God will absolutely change your life if you'll just act on it. Well, what do I do when that's over? When you do it, there'll be another one. Because he's faithful to always respond. When your trust is in him, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. When you take that step, there are steps and they will be ordered. When you take that one, there'll be another step. There'll be another step. What happens is we want to know the whole plan. And then when we see this plan, we get our eyes off on other things instead of just looking right here. Boom. And then the next step. Boom. Next step. Go to the Lord. I I know this. I just know it because I know people. And I know myself, there are people here that the Lord has, has given you instructions and things, areas of your life. Go back to doing what he's told you to do. Right? Go back to doing what he's told you to do. Think, well, I did that for a while and nothing happened. Don't, don't cast away your confidence. It has great reward. Keep your confidence in God. I was thinking about this. Noah is listed in Hebrews chapter 11. You can go look at it. Hebrews the 11th chapter. Uh, it says that, um, uh, where is it at here? Hebrews chapter 11, of course, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means continually, diligently, 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 Right? Verse 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, means he was warned about something nobody had even seen before. Think about that. Divine to something, warned of something he hadn't even seen yet, moved with godly fear. Notice he moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he uh, uh, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Think about Noah. The Lord gave him instructions, and he pursued it for years. I looked it up last night. How long did it take you know, Noah to build the ark? Because the Bible doesn't really tell us. Some people say 120 years based on Genesis chapter 6. I think that's kind of faulty. Uh, I don't think the math works up there. But we know it was more than two days. I mean, it's a big boat. It was bigger than a football field. I mean, it was 50-something feet tall, 500-something feet long. It was, it was a big ship, Right? And there was a lot of work that he had to do beforehand. But God warned him of something he had never even seen, but he stuck with it for years. Now, am I telling you you're going to have to stick with something for years? I don't know. But listen, when you believe it's yours, the time doesn't matter. Can I just say this? We get hung up on time way too much. But I want to say this. That's not an excuse for it never happening. 
Some people use that as an excuse of why, well, you know, we're just going to believe and believe and believe and they have no expectation. Listen, if your expectation is in something, it'll keep you moving in that direction. Noah expected the flood. Why? Because he heard from God that it was coming. And so that expectation, his belief, the foundation of what he believed empowered him to continue his acting. Faith is important. Works is important. If he believed and didn't do anything about it, they would have died. Right? But if he started working and didn't really believe it, he'd have given up and died. Right? The end result was not good either way if he didn't do those. But faith and works. See, listen, it's it's taken, I, I thought it would take this long. That's your problem. You thought it would take this long. Cast your care upon the Lord for he cares for you. Right? Cast your, I, I believe this. The minute we quit looking at the calendar, things will start happening quicker than we thought. I don't know how else to say it. Because you can't look at the calendar and at God this, at the same time. You're not going to find God on a calendar. Right? Hey, that's a good word, Pastor Greg. That's right. You're not going to find God on a calendar. He's not there. Listen, God's calendar, you don't want to be looking at it anyway because a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. Woo, I don't know how that works, but I don't want to be looking at God's calendar, right? Our little 80, 90 wimpy years here, that's nothing to him. But quit looking at a calendar. Keep your attention. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm telling you what, your, belief, your trust in God has got to be founded on the word of God. Listen, if you believe he is and he's a rewarder, he's an author and he's a finisher. He will finish what he promised to you. If you don't give up, if you don't lose heart, if you don't lose heart, if you don't throw in the towel, if you stay after it, if you stay after it, you will receive. You'll get what God has for you. Do whatever he tells you to do. I will say this. Go over to 2 Peter chapter 1. I always run out of time on Sunday mornings. 2 Peter, the first chapter. Is this helping anybody this morning? I tell you what, let's not just sit around and wait for God to do something. Let's ex- now, there are things that God has to do. But let's, be, let's make sure we're doing our end of the bargain. Because if you don't, what happens? Deception comes. And who's the, who's the cause of that deception? We're the cause of our own deception. Let's not be deceived, amen? In, a, in, the, in 2 Peter chapter 1, this, these are scriptures that I love. Verse 5, it says, But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And you're going to say, Into virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. I tell you what, love is such an important thing. Love needs to be a motivator in our lives, Amen. It says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But notice it says, add to your faith. And the very first thing it says is, is, is virtue. Adding to your faith virtue. That, that word virtue is the Greek word arete, arete, and it means manliness or valor. Ladies, you need to add some manliness to your faith. Some of you guys need to add some manliness to your faith. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Manliness or valor. 
And I looked that up. You know, the word valor, because we, maybe we're a little confused about manliness, but valor means something of great courage in the face of danger, especially in, ba- in battle. Synonyms for valor are bravery, courage, pluck, which I didn't know that word. That meant spirited or determined courage. Nerve, daring, fearlessness, audacity, boldness, boldness dauntlessness, heroism, backbone, guts. I like that one, guts. Add to your faith some guts. Can I just tell you, you know, that if you're going to take the actions that the Lord tells you to take, it's going to require some guts on your part, some backbone, right? Some boldness. Thinking about, you know, the story uh, with with, uh, turning the water into wine, you know, it, it required some boldness on their part. It required boldness on Mary's part to tell the servants. Obviously, she was in charge because they listened to her. So she had some part to play and they because they did what she told them to do. But she put it on Jesus. She, she told them, listen, you need to do what he t- whatever he tells you to do. The servants then had to have some boldness about them. They had to have some trust. They had to have some, some courage. They had to have some guts to actually do what Jesus told them because it didn't make any sense. Noah, it didn't make any sense. Build a boat for something you've not even seen. And it's not just, we're not talking about a little John boat. This is a monster boat. It didn't make any sense. It required some courage. There, there, there are, and I'm going to run out of time, but if you're going to do what the Lord asks you to do, it requires some, some courage on your part, some boldness. Can I tell you this? The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So if you're born again, it's in you. There is a desire. There's something about believers, someone who really knows Jesus. You, you can tell when somebody really knows Jesus, there's just a fire on the inside of them that when impossible, crazy situations comes up, they, they're just a kind of like, I can do that. We can handle that. The children of Israel, right? The 12 spies says we can't do it. The two servants says we are well able to go up and take the land right? There's a confidence because you realize it's not about you. It's not just all about you. Well, you're involved, but it's not just all about you. You're in union. You're in partnership with someone that is far greater than you. And no matter what it is, it is possible to do it. If the, if the word of the Lord has been given, then you are well able to go after. He said, I am, I am, give me that mountain. It belongs. I am able to do it. Why? Because he knew who his God was. It goes back to believing that he is and that he's a rewarder. What do you really believe? What do you really believe? But there is something in a a believer, inside a believer, there is boldness to go after what God has for them. Can I just say this? We We need to celebrate boldness in one another. Boldness in God, not boldness in ourselves, but keep our boldness where it should be. Right? Boldness in yourself can get you in a mess. It's, 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 a, it's a neighbor of pride. It will mess you up, right? But boldness in God is a confidence in him. Woo! Every great example in the Bible, there was boldness. That We talked about the woman with the issue of blood last week, that, or, or a couple weeks ago. She had this issue for 12 years, hadn't, hadn't gotten better, but had gotten worse. She was weak. She pressed into the crowd. She was bold. In the day she lived, what she did could have gotten her thrown in jail or worse, Because if you had a a, a condition, you weren't allowed to be in the public. She was bold. 
She heard about Jesus. She had something to base her faith upon, a God kind of faith, a living faith, not a dead faith. And she, then she did something with it. She pressed through the crowd. What if she had stayed home? She'd have missed out on what God had for her. What if she had gotten halfway through the crowd and just become tired and demoralized? Right? Worn out. This has taken too long. This is harder than I thought. Doesn't everybody know I'm weak? Can I tell you this? Your circumstances don't care about, your, about how weak you are. Yeah. Instead of looking at your weakness, look to your answer. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish. Keep our attention on him. She pressed to the crowd. It required boldness. Abraham left where he was to find another. Do you think his family thought Abraham was nuts? I guarantee you they thought he was crazy. You ever done something the Lord told you and people thought you were nuts? You're, you're doing what? I, I've had it happen before. Listen, God doesn't operate the way we operate. He left everything. The pastor talked about this Wednesday night. You got to really know why you're doing something. This is why it's important to really judge your heart on things. Are you, he, he, left until play, he, he left out to go somewhere. He didn't, didn't know where he was going. To land, he didn't even know where it was. We've had people tell us here, Pastor mentioned it, well, the Lord's leading us out because we're so place, we don't know where it is, but he's leading us out. Well, really, it's because they were, he was talking about, been talking about offense. They were offended. And so that produces death. But when you're doing it out of, we're talking about, I'm talking to people who are mature, right? Am I this morning? When you've heard from God, you run with that. It's okay to know that you're mature enough to hear from God, Right? You've got to believe, I'll just say, you've got to believe you can hear from God before you hear from God. My alarm there's going off. You've got, to, you've got to believe you can hear him. It's all about faith. What do you believe in? Well, I've never heard from God. Start believing that you can. Why? Because the word says I can. The Bible says that, that the sons and sons are, uh, daughters are led by the Spirit of God. They're led. They're led. If you're a child of God, you're to be led by God. So you've got to believe it. But then you've got to put some action to it. Start listening for his direction. Start confessing. Start thinking right about yourself. Can you see action is so important? Believing alone won't get the job done. You've got to put action behind it. These different, you know, patriarchs of old, they did these things. They, they stepped out and did, did great things. Amen? Praise God. It's 1150. I just challenge you. We're going to stop. I, I just challenge you. Let's not be a people of inaction, but pe- be a people of action. Right? Let's be a people that, that actually know their God and do great exploits. Right in your personal life, in your relationships, in your witness for Christ, you believe something, but then you take it to heart and you start doing something with it. What does that mean in your life? What is your direction for you? I don't know. I don't know. Now you have pastors that can help you, help give you some information, help lead you. But listen, ultimately, you need to hear from God. What's He telling you to do? What is His word? And start with His word. I keep going back. Start with what His word says. You know, I, I love that, that, like I said earlier, you know, during the offering, I love that God set up tithes and offerings. It's a daily way of putting your trust in him. It's just, it's daily training is what it is. It's great. 
It's, it's an everyday part of your life. It's learning how to trust in the Lord. By you, you're, he entrusted this with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him and I'm going to give it back. It's so simple, yet it, it really hits us where we live. But in a person in a situation where they got need in your life, start with what the word says. Be, be a sower. Be a giver. Well, it doesn't make sense. Be bold. I don't understand how that works, Pastor. You don't need to understand anything. You just need to be able to read and know what the word says. And what does it say to me? If it's whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Start there. Start there. Start there. Start there. Start there. Start there. You may need to backpedal a little bit. That's all right. Backpedal if you have to and get back to where you know you were hearing from God. I've gotten myself in a position before where I was out beyond his instruction. Or maybe I was maneuvering in an area that I had added to what he had told me to do. Right? We've all been there, haven't we? Ask the Lord. Show me what I need to see. He'll show you those things and then make whatever adjustments you need to make and get back on track. Get to doing what he's asking you to do. Thinking about Abraham, he is the father of our faith, right? The Bible calls him the father of our faith. He's listed in Hebrews chapter 11 that we call the hall of faith, people that that did great things for God. It said that he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. He didn't waver. It says that he was consistent. Do you remember there was a little episode in the middle of his being consistent and going after what God told him to do, that he would be the father of many nations? His descendants would be as the stars of the sky and the sand of the, of the beach, right, of the shore. In the middle of his following God, there was a little blurp in there, a little bit in there that wasn't quite right. It was called Ishmael, right? There was a whole little thing where he was on his way doing what the Lord told him to do, and yet because of time, he got distracted or got discouraged and started adding his own thing to it and tried to help God out and got himself into a mess, right? But he still listed in Hebrews 11. He's still the father of our faith. Why? Because he recognized his error, took a step back. Sometimes we need to, some of us need to repent for some things that we just messed up. Let's, let's call it what it is. If, if we missed it, we missed it. It wasn't God's fault. It was our fault, right? You, you got to own it if you're going to move forward, right? Abraham owned it, moved back, got his bearing where it needed to be, got his attention where it needed to be. He's still called the father of our faith. You might be in a situation where, you know, you, you have gotten off course. Get back on course. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the spirit. He will lead us and guide us into all truth. He'll lead you and guide you. Ask him. Ask him for help. Expect him to answer. And if you expect him to answer, you'll ask. They go back and forth. But get back on course. Get back to doing what God's told you to do. Get back to doing what God's called you to do. Get your eye off the calendar or off of discouraging things or things that would tell you you can't. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Praise God. Tell you what, God, his word is true, and he desires to show himself strong on your behalf. He desires to to lead and guide you and direct you into the perfect thing for your life in all areas. That doesn't mean there won't be things that you have to that you don't have to believe God through. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no notice, but yea, though I walk through. Right? There may be situations where the enemy comes and tries to discourage you or situations tries to get your attention. Keep your attention on him. Just take one step at a time. Like they'll say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Right? How do you do the will of God? One step at a time. 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 What's the step you're supposed to take? I don't know. God will give it to you. I believe, you know, there's, I believe there's a reason why the Lord's had this on my heart. There's a reason why Brother Moore was listening to my messages and he preached on it as well. There, there's a reason for this. You know, I'm very famous around the world. He, he always listens to me. But no, uh, there's a reason why. See, God, I love the scripture that, that God has prepared good works for us ahead of time that we should walk in them. Whew. The things that God has prepared for us, it's not just some carrot that you can't have. It's not just some enticing little thing that you'll never, he intends for you to have those things, to experience those things, to walk in those things. And I'm talking, this is more than just your needs in your life. I'm talking about being the witness God's called you to be. Being the type of believer that God's called you to be. Someone that where you walk, your shadow falls on people and they get healed. What? It's possible. We have to begin to think bigger, expect bigger, believe bigger, but then obey bigger. Obey, listen, and obey. Well, praise God. He's good. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.